I think that what we do in international education and meaningful travel is so critical. On this episode, I connect with Troy Peden, founder and CEO of GoAbroad.com. 2016 marks GoAbroad's 20th year of connecting Americans with studying, working, internship, and teaching opportunities around the world. I asked Troy about how best to begin the process of getting abroad for just about any purpose. We also touch on the importance and value of international education. I hope you enjoy. Sharing tips, tricks, and tales from around the globe, this is Travel for the Next Generation. You're listening to the Andy Steves Travel Podcast. Episode 20. This is Andy Steves with the Andy Steves Travel Podcast. Troy, thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited to connect with you here. Thanks for having me, Andy. I dig the beard, by the way. It's a little crazy. It's the ultimate bow tie. (laughs) Wherever I go, people will feel comfortable talking to us. (laughs) I was in Iceland with my son Mariano and a tourist asked if she could get her picture taken with me. And I thought, well, I could explain to her that I'm also a tourist or I could just let her take the picture. And so somewhere there's a photo album with an authentic Viking or something in it. There you go. Nice, nice. Oh, man, that'd be great. So what brought you to the stage today? What's what's the background and what led you to start GoAbroad.com? Well, GoAbroad celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, which is a pretty big deal for a privately owned uh, website. Um, We began when I was the study abroad coordinator at the University of Colorado at Denver. The year we began um, was the same year I sort of became aware of the Internet. It also was the year that uh, Council Travel quit publishing their um, or they got out of the publishing business. Prior to that, study abroad offices would carry these big, thick books. Students would come in, say they're interested in doing something, and you'd have them page to these books, make phone calls, write letters, and things like that. It was a pretty uh, a pretty extensive process to get admitted to different types of programs. University of Colorado at Denver at the time was primarily graduate students, commuter students. So they were looking already for alternative types of programs. And so uh, we launched Go Abroad, and now we're celebrating 20 years. Congratulations. That, that is a big deal, Troy. So good work there. Thank you. That My children are travelers. I had at one point this summer, four of my five children were in different countries. So Mariana was in Colombia. Santiago was in Costa Rica. Uh, Jovi was volunteering in Jamaica and my oldest son, Noah was in the Peace Corps in Mongolia. So oh my that was a, goodness. <laughs> that was a proud moment for me. Success. Cast the seeds uh, far and wide. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but it's not my background. I come from South Dakota. I grew up in a farm town in uh, rural Illinois. Uh, my parents ha- hadn't been to university. They hadn't traveled abroad. And so this is something I'm passionate about and uh, it's changed meaningful travel changed my life changed my perspectives and of course I want to pass that on to my kids so you found yourself in the right place and time with you witnessed you know the archaic way of looking up ways to study internationally and then you decided okay you know the the internet can could provide that and and that's what led you to getting started with goabroad.com and was it focused on studying abroad initially It wasn't actually, it was focused on meaningful travel. So the history of study abroad, like most of higher ed, the product 
was created by the academia and what they wanted, their connections. And of course, the ideal trip, study abroad trip for a professor that they're imagining for their students would be a junior year abroad, total immersion and things like that. Unfortunately, that's not what most of the market wants. And um, at the time that study abroad really did look like junior year abroad in Paris, that was the most typical study abroad program. If you look today, the most typical program is a short program in the summer and things like internships, experiential, volunteering abroad. Those things have all grown in the last 20 years based on the market demand. Two important follow-up questions there. The first one being that that's very interesting how you, you saw early on the disconnect between what administrators might want versus what students would want. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because I've witnessed that myself in terms of, you know, if a student goes to Florence or London or Dublin for a semester or a year, it's their first time to Europe. Who can blame them for wanting to see amazing cities like Madrid or Budapest or Krakow? For, for a lot of administrators, they're so passionate about plunging students in an immersive and full-on way into one culture and really to, to plug in and integrate there. But the reality is a lot of students can't pass up the opportunity to travel on the weekends. Of course, what we do is we promote, we, put, we encourage students to do it in a balanced way, of course. I'd love your take on what administrators want versus what the actual situation is on the ground? Well, I think students and young travelers and particularly travelers from the U.S. want more, quicker. They want to do more. They want to see more. Uh, You know, there is a little bit of sort of competitive travel in there. Uh, So from day one, a search by country, multi-country was one of our top searches all the time. And in those days, 20 years ago, you had semester at sea. So uh, I do think multi-country and the opportunity to do more and see more. And I think also the growth of Ryanair and EasyJet and low-cost travel within Europe and other places has given people the opportunities to see more and spend their breaks doing more. And I think that's uh, probably why you guys are so successful. You seem, you've always struck me yourself as an extremely intelligent individual, very analytical, and it seems like you have a huge database that you spend a lot of time analyzing and figuring out the trends. You mentioned that trends are going towards the shorter faculty-led programs that maybe be, that might be two weeks or a month, that maybe engineers or other students who might not be able to get away for a whole semester, a year, could still enjoy the opportunity to, to experience? Where should they begin studying and what's that look like? Well, I think I've seen firsthand from working at the university that alternative spring break programs, short summer programs, J-term programs, all of these programs end up being teasers for a lot of students. You'll get students who are non-traditional study abroad students, maybe guys, maybe uh, athletes, maybe students who are really focused on their major and don't want to take time out, science students and things like that. And you'll get them to do these short programs and they realize how transformational they are and uh, and they become hooked and they, they realize how important it is that something like 80% of college freshmen intend on studying abroad and in the end, you know, 10, 15% end up doing it. And a lot of times, There are traditional roadblocks like finances or things like that. But I think as the programs change and we get shorter programs and we and we have programs that are geared towards different disciplines, I think the numbers will just continue to grow. 
You're right about the transformational value of international education. I mean, I can't speak highly enough. Everything from, at the very least, being able to see the pieces of art rather than just studying them in a textbook or putting yourself out in unfamiliar settings. And you learn just as much outside the classroom as inside, I think, on these international education uh, programs because you, you just learn so much about yourself and be able to figure out where where your boundaries are of comfort and how you can overcome whatever challenges might, might present themselves to you. You mentioned that you had a, a transformative uh, experience yourself before you started GoBroad.com. Yeah, I just had a really, you know, limited horizon growing up in small town Midwest. And I was interested in international for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, I volunteered abroad as a teenager. And then I studied abroad on my own. And it just changed my perspective on everything. I think this is a pretty unusual time in the United States right now. And uh, I think that what we do in international education and meaningful travel is so critical. I think a lot of the misunderstandings that people have and a lot of the disputes between people are based on their not understanding the other people, the, the, the immigrants, the refugees or whoever they are. Meaningful travel, international travel can go so far to educate and broaden horizons in that regard. And break down those barriers. That that's so important. It's so worthwhile these days when the when the world is only shrinking. We we have to realize that you know it's not a zero sum game. It's not us versus them always. You know everybody's you know sons, fathers, daughters, aunts, uncles. Everybody is just you know citizens of the of the world. And we've got to find a way to get along. I know that sounds like like hippie talk, but I think international education goes a long ways to to facilitate that. I had a cathartic experience. I did a DNA test a, a couple of years ago. My grandparents had immigrated from Kassel, Germany to the United States. They were pretty, pretty German. I have a, a German Bible and some German things on the walls and so on. I took a DNA test and my number one marker was, was Jewish Russian. Doing a DNA test is a great exercise for everybody because I think we're so close to each other and we have so much more in common than we have differences. We'll be right back after this short break. This episode of Andy Steve's Travel is brought to you by our break trips. Whether it's summer, fall, or spring break, have a blast across our favorite cities in Europe. We've got the best of Central Europe covering Berlin, Prague, Krakow, and Budapest. And of course, our Italian extravaganza, Rome, Florence, Cinque Terre, Pisa, and Venice. These cities sell themselves, and we pack them with some epic adventures into a quick 10-day visit. They kick off on Fridays and finish the following Sunday. Plus, take 10 euros off any trip when you book with the promo code ASTPODCAST. Check them out at andysteves.com slash break trips. Let's get back to the show. Back to goabroad.com. When you think about how you want students and potential visitors to interact with your site, what is your ideal? Like, do you want people to be aware of 
uh, goabroad.com maybe in high school. And then as they get into freshman, sophomore year, they really want to start researching. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, my own children in junior high have you have gone on programs on go abroad. So we have a high school directory. We have a young person. Uh, we have opportunities for young people, volunteering internships, teaching abroad, all the way through the college experience and beyond graduate programs abroad, working abroad, jobs abroad and teach abroad and so on. We, our goal from the beginning was to be comprehensive and put everything out there. So you'd, you, you know, you might find something like a semester at sea, but you might also find a village co-op in a small village in India where you can go and work with locals on, a, on some sort of project. One of the biggest questions I get from students uh, semester after semester is they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's almost time to go home. I'm already thinking about how else I can get back over here. And so obviously after your study abroad semester, a lot of times attention is shifting more towards intern or uh, jobs abroad or work or teach. Um, and so they can totally use your website as well for, for that to do research. Absolutely. I think when the economy um, tanked in 2008, I think that students still wanted to go abroad, but it was much easier to imagine an internship that might lead to a job or a working abroad opportunity or teaching abroad uh, until you're ready to, to start your career. But I think internships in particular are growing so fast. And a lot of times you can do things hands-on in an international internship that you might not be able to do in the United States. It's been a fascinating experience for me uh, as I work with uh, local guides in all these different destinations, you know, um, to connect with a Parisian and understand what Parisian work ethic is versus a Hungarian mm -hmm. versus Roman versus Catalan in Barcelona. So I can I can definitely relate to the value of being able to work and collaborate with people of different backgrounds. I've been consistently blown away by the innovative way that GoAbroad.com markets itself. I've seen your trailer coming through at, uh -huh. at the different conferences. You seem to always be thinking outside the box with you and, and, and the marketing team that you have. What exciting things do you guys have on the horizon? Well, I came out of the university setting. So from the beginning, we said we wanted to be a resource for uh, advisors on campuses, cooperative education, internship office, career services, and obviously study abroad and community service. So we've always provided physical resources for them. We've done these tours with the RV where we set up on uh, university campuses and we just talk to students. A lot of times the study abroad office will set up with us. We just advise students on opportunities outside of their campus opportunities. I, I as a father of two daughters and, and having been in this field for a long time, it's ironic that the majority of travelers, uh, college travelers, are women. The majority of study abroad participants are women. The majority of undergraduate graduating with bachelor's degrees are women and now graduate students as well. And yet when you talk about stuff, uh, preparation and um, advising related to study abroad, a lot of times there's a little bit of apologizing going on. You know, can I do this? Is it available for a woman? Can I travel by myself? What are the safety concerns? And there's certainly there are real safety concerns. But um, is the program prepared to take women? Does it accommodate women? What are the issues in the host country and things like that? So I think women and travel is uh, is a particular interest to our company and 
I think study abroad in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's been a point that I've uh, been sure to ask my female guests is speak to, you know, just what it's like to travel as a woman. How do you stay safe? And a really important point to make is fear is different than safety. And just because you're afraid doesn't mean you're safe and you can be safe without being afraid. And it's not, you know, we're, we're here. We are two guys just on the Skype (laughs) chat. Uh, It's not our place to really talk about it, but, and I think, I, I think as guys, we don't have to apologize, but we can be supportive of of the cause and and help the the women on our staff and the women on our team and the women travelers to have the opportunities and not have to apologize to take advantage of the same opportunities that we had. Amen, brother. Absolutely. So, Troy, give us a just a rundown of where we can find Go Abroad on social media and what else can we look out for to learn more? Mm-hmm. So, goabroad.com is, we've been around for 20 years. We get about a million visitors a month. We have about 10,000 providers, as I said, from a, might be a local uh, NGO to a very large study abroad organization, the Peace Corps, something like that. Um, students, uh, young people, people looking for meaningful travel, sustainable travel, um, should check it out. We, we try to be comprehensive. We have resources like Fund My Travel, which is crowdsourced funding for travel, which has opened up travel to a lot of uh, new individuals. And we help with other types of projects as well uh, related to meaningful travel. Troy, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully, maybe we'll be able to send you a couple hundred visitors. I don't know about a million or two, but uh, (laughs) thank you so much for, for joining me. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again for listening. Find all show details, links, and tips at andysteves.com. You can connect with WSA Europe, Andy's tour company, at WSA Europe on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you next time. Happy travels.